Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Lost in Translation. This time I'll be covering Digimon Ghost Game episode 61, Resurrection. I'm May and I'm joined by an extra dog that I'm currently dog sitting for the weekend. So yes, we are recording separately again as I was a little bit late coming back and I told Quinn and Chloe to just go ahead and record their end as I didn't want to keep them up too much. So that was completely on me, but in any case, it'll be another separate recording where I will drop in Quinn, Chloe, quick comments in the usual spot, and then I will go over my own discussion points. So that's also it for housekeeping, I guess. There's not much else. In terms of a synopsis, this week we have the human of the week being a classmate of Ruli's, and her brother's fiance has just passed away, and her brother is basically hanging out with a corpse, and it comes to life sometimes. So, you know, just kind of these normal things. So it turns out that the girl's corpse is actually kind of embedded with Millennium on, which was a fairly surprising thing to happen. I was surprised that the Mon of the Week was Millennium on. The episode did a pretty good job of not really revealing it until the very last moment it could. It just had this swarm of evil Digimon being Evilmon and Sumemon, and then I was kind of surprised that we were just dropping a Millennium on in. So Millennium on bursts out, shows itself as Zed Millennium on, and then the girl who is the corpse says that she will be the uh, the weak spot for the characters to aim at and destroy. So they do so, and we're just going to ignore the vast amounts of therapy this uh, fiancé clearly needs from not only having to deal with the death of his fiancé twice, uh, once being right in front of his eyes, uh, but also the fact that he's just seen a bunch of giant monsters. So kind of feels super bad for this guy. Anyway, so Millenniumon becomes Moon Millenniumon, which is his gem slash dormant form again. And instead of hand waving it away to Clockmon or Mummymon, they, interestingly enough, decide to leave it with Hero, uh, the you know the high school student with little to no expertise about what to do with this world-ending monster. But anyway, Black Tailmon is watching on. Hero's Digivice Dual V kind of lights up and then fades, and we have Espimon wondering if he's going to evolve anytime soon. So a bunch of possible plot points in the last few minutes. And now that I've gone over the synopsis, let's go over to Quinn, Chloe, quick comments, and also, of course, Quinn's Quatch Up from episode 60 of Digimon Ghost Game. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Digimon Ghost Game, the Lost in Translation Mon Files. <laughs> we definitely remember what we're doing. Yeah, uh, but first, before we do anything, we need to do Quinn's Quetch Up. <laughs> Take it away, babe. Sure, let me get my notes up here. They're right up at the top. That's the wrong week. I'm great at things. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, um, 
Highlights. I really liked the opening on this one. Uh, the face flooding was so good. It was pretty disturbing. I was really into it. I really liked a uh, uh, just random, slightly drunk woman getting absolutely traumatized and probably should have been murdered for absolutely no reason. Uh-huh. Pretty sick. Um, I really liked that Hiro and Rui got turned into novelty sprinklers. Uh, I knew they were just, you know, getting them out of the way so that uh, Kyo could have an episode, but... Mm. I was into it. I wish we would dwell even a little bit on what their experience was as they stood there, turned into, you know, horrible fountain monsters. Yeah. I need to know, did they, like, get fully rehydrated when the water came back into them? Because I feel like every one of these people should be, like, severely dehydrated. Uh, There's something-something data water, but does that mean that they, they had their memories leaking out of them? Something like that, I guess. I don't know. Seems like it should be. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, for all the... None of that really holds together if you, you know, look at it in any amount of detail, as Air would like to say, j- just don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of the visuals were great. The horror elements all really hit home pretty well. All in all, solid episode, even though I don't have a whole lot of, like, specifics to say about it, other than that, you know, it, it was alright. Um, moving into lowlights, um... Uh, Remember last week when everyone's face flooded the entire town and we had to rebuild the whole thing and call in FEMA or, you know, the self-defense force, I guess? Uh, yeah, me neither. Yeah. 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 I really don't like when Jellymon shocks Kyo. That's, uh, it's bad, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, kind of a nitpick, but couldn't Thetismon have just healed everybody? Or at least Rui and Hero and, and brought them back into, you know, being able to do stuff? Mm-hmm. Tethysmon? <laughs> Great typo notes. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Tethysmon, Thetismon, whatever. <laughs> Whichever. They're the same person. Yeah. It, uh, it's what the dubs will call her in a couple of years. It's fine. There you go. I'm just ahead of my time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really hate that in a few years there are going to be a lot of doujin about this episode. Care to elaborate on that? Really? No. Okay, no. perfect. So many tentacles. Uh, you said you wouldn't elaborate, and then you did. <laughs> That's fair. I'm sorry. That's dare you. that's the last of it. Except for no, no, wouldn't be sensible. Uh, clip shows are never my favorite. Uh, we did a decent amount of them for you know. I mean, we really just did a little montage. Well, I guess we've kind of done a little montage for all of them when they get there. What is this mega evolution? Am yeah, I using that right? I yeah. don't know which they are. Um, you're not wrong. I just, eh, especially in an episode that I feel like doesn't hold together that well if you actually look at the plot mm-hmm. um so yeah i don't know like i said clip shows are eh, and i feel like we we did a lot of montage in an episode that really could have used a little more dwelling on the story itself um why could the bubble of electricity encase Kiyoshiro and make breathable oxygen for him did it make oxygen or did I it destroy don't... water there are many questions here to yeah. which there are no good answers. <laughs> yep. Also, remember when letting the water touch your face would turn you into a fountain or whatever? Oh, I brought that up too. I was okay. like, I'm pretty sure there are several times where we broke the getting water on your head turns you into a fountain rule. Yeah, specifically for him, he was just immune because um, the ending, literally everything about the way we, we resolved it with, with just, okay, I know y'all... We're gonna make this world your plaything by flooding random areas, by turning people into horrible monstrosities. Mm-hmm. 
but, you know, we punched you in the face once, so you'll probably definitely not just wander off to a different town and do it again. Yeah, you will not initiate the face-to-fire hydrant pipeline on anyone else. Exactly. Uh, and then Gamamon said all three of his lines. Yeah. Uh, bad vibes, kaboom. Chocolate at the end. Mmm. That's it. Gotta get those that are the three. Yo. Those are the three notes that Gamamon needs to hit in any given episode. Yeah. So, uh, carry on. My favorite character for this week, I went with uh, Hangyoman. Uh, not just the, the uh, what the heck was the actual big bad's name? Cthulhuman. Cthulhuman. Definitely not Cthulhuman. Yeah. Different guy. Very we different people. Oh, there is also a Cthulhuman, huh? Um, so, okay. Cthulhuman. Uh, eh. But I really liked the Hangyoman, who were just pure minions, just evil for the sake of being evil, just liked screwing with random humans. They had no redeeming features, and I, I like that in a villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose they didn't really, like... See, that's the worst part. Why, like, sure, maybe Cthulhuman learns his lesson, but the Hangyoman just went around turning people into faucets yep. and showed no remorse and didn't even get punched. Fired missiles at people. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I rated it a 3.5. It was alright. Not perfect. It didn't, it didn't hang together well as a story, if I'm being honest, especially at the end, but, you know, I've seen a lot worse, especially... Mm-hmm. From some seasons of Digimon, found here. Um, putting it in 37th place under episode 59, 59 Jiraiya. Mm. Okay. And uh, yeah, like I've said, sad potential. I liked certain parts of it. If they'd leaned into the horror and, and put a little more time into Kitty Lamont being something other than just a chaos agent for no reason who doesn't mind being told no, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, eh. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on the series so far? All of these episodes need four extra minutes so they can have a complete story. Also, Monster Disco should never have been replaced. Every time I get to the end credits, I'm disappointed when it's not that one. Yeah, that's relatable. I feel you. Yeah, and then I predicted probably some plot and also zombies. And I was I was right about both of those things. Was there plot? A little. I think we're going to definitely do something with the, the Zed Millennium Mon. Or well, let's not. Hold on. We got to work our way up to that. No spoilers, Quinn. Uh, apologies if you, the listener, have watched last week's episode and are listening to my quetch up before <laughs> moving into watching uh, this week's episode. So I guess pause here and we'll move into the highlights of this week. Yeah. So, um, oops, I, no, I do have it. Okay, so this episode was intense. Yeah, let, let's go back to the beginning and talk about the title and Big Bad real quick. Just to... Yes, uh, so this was episode 61, Resurrection. Um, the Big Bad, I guess, was Zed Millennium Mon or Moon yeah, Millennium yeah. Mon or something yeah. Millennium Mon. Yeah. I'm just going to write down Millennium Mon. Millennium Mon cousin. Uh, two times evolved because yeah. I hate that I know this. I hate that you know it too. Air's uh, <laughs> not here to explain that that it's a big deal because Zed Millennium Mon A is the reason Ryo can transcend uh, time and space and is the most important character in all of Digimon, uh, but also is just fairly reasonably argued as the most powerful one. Mm. Period. Okay. Um, so yeah, 
uh, it's sort of interesting, and the fact that the crystal is sticking around and it's not just a one-off suggests that uh, he'll at least he'll either be the big bad or be related. I'm really hoping there's maybe going to be a Jogress with him, and that's why the visit to the future was, you know, incredibly intimidating. Mm. That'd be sick. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, we came right out of the gate swinging. We got a death right in, uh, like, on camera. And then no confirmed it with and... a funeral. Yeah, yeah, and like we 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 looked into her eyes as she died, and that was kind of it was a lot messed up. Yeah, yeah, especially when you realize we're we're gonna have you know eleven year olds. Yeah, Whew. and yeah, like this episode legit had me kind of scared. Like I'm a big old baby who can't handle horror movies at all, so like it's not saying that it's not much. a high bar, but still, you know, but she it, needed I was... me to hold her hand. It was kind of cute. <laughs> How dare Very you? Very cute. The corpse animation was really good, okay? It was spooky. I was scared. She looked unnatural. The sound effects just... (laughs) Her eyes darting around all over. Oh, everyone's eyes, but especially her eyes throughout. Really good highlights. So into that. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, also, because I'm under my legal obligation to say so, this is a pretty Ava episode, all yeah. things considered. Um, we got the embryo of Adam, a.k.a. Moon Millennium Mon, uh, Angormon, or sorry, uh, Dirabitmon, I can never remember it, so I'm just gonna say Angormon's twin spears of Longinus and Cassius. Um, there's probably something else, too, but we those decided are the two not that stuck to dwell out. too much on Ava this week, because there was a lot of good things to talk about besides that. Yeah, which is rare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just really solid episode. I, I mm-hmm. liked the animation on the corpse. Those great sound effects and yes. music. Yes, yes. Uh, they also, uh, at least at the um, first part of the episode, and I forgot to write this down, but they did some lighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Those, they sure did. They, they sure like went for a visual tone, and you know, stuck to it for a while, and it helped increase the horror vibes for sure everything looked kind of like you know washed out and pale yeah uh in direct contrast to the the things i was just saying a minute ago about the last episode this was a complete story with a beginning a middle and an ending and no one had to just kind of forget about all of the terrible things they did and wander off into the sunset Mm -hmm. yeah and um we even set up some you know potential plot points for the future what with hero keeping the crystal mm-hmm. and also his like digivice or whatever like went black went dark i'm not sure if it died or if its screen just went to sleep i'm yeah, not sure what i was supposed to take away with that but it sure seemed like something i uh, yeah we're definitely doing something with uh with evil uh gammon i can't think of the name right offhand uh ghoulis ghoulis gammon there yeah. we go um and i d- also didn't write this down but i do like how um I like it when we... Hmm, now I'm going to commit to this anyway, even though I've probably said the exact opposite in the past. I do like sometimes that we don't answer every question. Like, you know, how what is this family going to do now, now that they know that this girl's definitively dead, but she was sta- hanging around the house for 10 days, walking around. Yep. And we get no closure there. Yep. And I'm fine with that. Uh, I, You know, I don't like when they open big plot hole-sized stuff, but... I am pretty okay with just leaving that guy super traumatized. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It leaves it leaves that open without me feeling super unsatisfied about it being left open, which is great. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Knives Out actually did something similar, and yeah. I won't spoil it in case people haven't seen it, because it's still a semi-ish recent movie, I think, I don't know. Anyway, it kind of had those vibes. I just kind of like when it's like, yeah, you know, what happens next doesn't really matter, so we leave it up to you, the yeah. viewer. Yeah, Hero certainly isn't going to stick around and comfort that guy who just doted on a corpse for a week and a half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really good episode, I liked it a lot, um... I'm sure there are plenty of other highlights that we had that we just forgot to write down. But yeah, this was a solid episode. Mm -hmm. I liked it. Yeah. I just really enjoyed watching it. I didn't find myself rolling my eyes the way I, you know, sometimes do. Yeah. Um, but every masterpiece is not without its flaws. There were some, we had some low lights. We do. We do. Um, um, take it away. My big one, as, as someone who worked in healthcare, all of these people were just super comfortable hanging out. For hours in a room with a corpse while watching her to see if she started moving. Mm -hmm. like, and even like grabbing her hand to feel for a pulse. Yep, yep. I would not be able to do that. <laughs> yep. I had to because it was my job and I really didn't care for it. Yeah. Uh, also, we had this as a highlight, but it was so scary that it also is a low light for me. Her eyes were so scary. Ah. <sighs> So good. Also, uh, the the fiance's eyes being just real downcast and depressed. Uh, oh yeah, they, they sold that for me. That's actually more of a highlight, but still, again, a little creepy. Yeah, it was it was spooky. Mm. It was off putting. It was actually it was exactly what it was intended to be. It yeah. just was uh, a little much for a big baby like me. Yeah, I feel like this is one of the you know episodes they sketched out early and were really excited for. Yeah, I, I could believe that. Which makes sense. It was presumably fairly plot important. Yeah. Um, I really wish that we could warp evolve to the highest level, please, instead yeah. of just the, you know, the, we skip one evolution, but still get our butts kicked. And also, Angoramon literally described, uh, Zed Millennium Mon as a catastrophe. Yep. And you're telling me, okay, catastrophe, cool, we'll give them, like, you know, the, the, you know... 80%. 75 percent uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah we'll we'll phone it in a little bit yeah yeah like if it's a catastrophe go all out from the beginning y'all but yeah. whatever um also the whole you know zed millennium mon is a millennium mon and i know very little about digimon except that i know that millennium mons tend to be a big deal yeah and we killed it in one episode which was pretty fast and the reason we were able to do that was because we had the human as a weak point but she also said, I'm not a real part of it, Which and that's Ms. Weak, weak point. point. But if she's not a real part of it, how could she be its weak point? I don't I understand. I can definitely construct a set of reasoning, and I feel like Air will have done so in his portion of the episode. But yeah, they, they definitely needed, like... Two more lines of phlogiston to to make that work for me. Yeah, yeah. You can't just say like, yeah, I'm really dead. But also, when Z Millennium Mon took over, it awoke my consciousness, and that's why I'm. It's yeah. The weak attack point? the yeah. Attack the weak point for massive damage. Uh -huh. That is to say, me, the yeah. ghost that's talking to you. But yes, I'm dead. Why? Why do you keep protesting that I'm not? What I keep insisting to you that yes, I am dead. Oh, because he was traumatized as hell. Well, I just meant, you know, I can see when you're having a conversation with someone and they keep saying, I'm dead, I can see why your first reaction is, no. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, also, can Espimon just leave, please? Yeah, especially when combat comes around, could he just stop trying? Yeah, 
Has Mott Bomb ever worked? Yeah. Um, uh, God, I... Oh, God. Pl- please don't have him eat the crystal or whatever, and that's... And that's how he finally evolves. Yeah. Because, mm. come on, we already... We did that. We, di- we had... We did that in uh, uh, Season 3 with uh, Impmon. You didn't see that I far. didn't. It's great. You'll love it when we get there, if we ever actually Which go back to that Which one's season three? Is that Tamers? Tamers. Okay. Tamers is the good one. We did start watching Tamers a little bit. Yeah. Anywho. Uh... Um, but the bright side of that would be that we would then get to kill Espimon, and I'd be fine with that. I'd be pretty okay with, with finally killing Espimon. It'd be pretty cathartic. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of a nitpick low light, but I kind of wish that she had just died from some freak accident rather than it was actually a Digimon rushing out through the computer and slamming her against the wall. Yeah. Like, why, like, it, it, it didn't have to be a Digimon's fault and Zed Millennium Mon could have gotten into her some other way, you know? Like, why does it always have to be Digimon? Why couldn't she have just died and then the Digimon happened? Sure, yeah. Uh, Zed Millennium Mon just interfering with the, you know, the nature of souls, which we've now confirmed to exist on several occasions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like that should be a little more important to some of the characters, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then also, like, again, very nitpicky. I wish that her being a physicist mattered a little more. Yeah, that's fair. It was cool that she was, and maybe we're setting up to do something, something the physics lab is, is why Digimon are coming to this world or something, but yeah. With that said, I appreciate women scientists. Yeah, definitely. So, Quinn, who was your favorite character? A corpse lady. Manami, ah, great. Well executed. I loved her responding to questions with single word answers. Ah, oh, oh, very yeah. good. That was very scary. I, it was a tough choice for me. I actually had to, like, sit there and think. I know. I had to sit there and think for, like, several minutes on what I wanted to choose as my favorite character. Because it was a tough call between Manami and her fiance. Mm-hmm. And in the end, I went with her fiance. That dude scared me he was clearly having a bad time and he was going through some stuff and i felt so bad for him and he didn't even get any on-screen closure yeah literally no one in his family tries to console him at all yeah yeah dude just you know lost his fiance days before they were set to get married and he is like having such a hard time yeah. <laughs> and oh god and i'm sorry what you know he calls me and says no no it's okay her corpse is talking to me oof he's gonna need to spend I... some time in a white room i think he would not say her corpse was talking to you know me. i think I mean, he would though. say she's alive but yeah i know what you mean okay but yeah like the but, but he knew that he had to like hide her because he was like i'll protect you because he knew she wasn't right yeah 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 he's just the guy who decides to you know hide the zombie because of emotional attachment yeah and it is the horror of real life and maybe oh. that's why i chose him in the end is yeah, you know that's fair. the the scary thing is losing someone close to you yep uh how would you rate this episode my dear a five how about that me too woo how would you rank this episode you know, uh, I have to say, first place, really, really good. I liked it a lot. Heck yeah, that's fair. I also really liked this episode, but I'm putting it in fifth place um, because I, as I just said, am a sucker for the horror of real life ones, so it has to go below Bad Friend. Yeah. 
Um, so, so Chloe initially wrote down. That, so yeah, uh, as we were watching this episode, right, we were talking about how um, all of these evil Digimon were around or whatever, and uh, in the subtitles I caught the name Evilmon. So I wrote down. I've said this before, but I realize now that I was wrong. Evilmon is actually the dumbest Digimon name. And then I unpaused the video and we watched for maybe like what two and a half more minutes. And then I had to pause it and write right below that. I know I've said this before, but I realize now that I was wrong. Zed Millennium Mon is actually the dumbest Digimon name. Can't can't even. Yeah, yeah. you're just correct. I'm just right. Um, do you have any thoughts about the series thus far? It looks like we're finally going into the home stretch, and we're gonna maybe do something with the plot stuff we seeded fifty episodes ago. I'm looking forward to it, if true. Big if true. But yeah, I was. I mean, I was kind of thinking that you know, with the whole world-threatening mega monster thing that this might even been the beginning of like a uh conclusion yeah. arc it doesn't seem like it was but it seemed like it could have been i think we might be starting that because i i think we're gonna do something with the crystal and i hope it's relatively soon uh, well yeah i guess i was expecting specifically zed millennium on to be a bigger deal for several episodes yeah but we just killed him this episode which is fine uh his whole thing is that he always comes back ah okay well, then I'm correct, maybe. Yep. Yeah, he's almost certainly going to be the big bad, and I'm hoping that we do some time travel shenanigans and Rio shows up. It almost certainly won't happen, but come on. Please, Digimon, let me have this one. <laughs> do more weird, insane, timey-wimey stuff because you can. I feel like that's a very be careful what you wish for a sentence there. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. Um, but yeah, it's... Good, uh, good, good show. Um, like it so far. Yeah. The next time on, it is called The Strange Floor. Have any thoughts or predictions? Um, it'd be cool if we maybe made some progress on the going to the digital world or finding out anything about who the one, <laughs> definitely Hero's father, who is sending all of these evil Digimon to mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. human world. Yeah, yeah, I, it does kind of look like there's some very digital doors there, and I'm not sure if that's just like, you know, for flavor, or if it's actually like a, hey, you're in the digital world now. We did see What's-Her-Bucket with, you know, locks through her face, and, you know, circuits behind her and stuff, so maybe we are doing digital world, that'd be cool. That'd be neat, I'd be um, into it. It also gives me uh, some vaguely other side picnic vibes of, uh, you know, gotta access floors of a building in a certain order and strange thing happens as you continue to do so and stuff like that so yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to it um should do, do you expect any plot next episode next week i do think we're almost certainly in the last 10 episodes here so i think we're just gonna chug straight through plot you think we're gonna like address any of the stuff that came up this episode though like the uh, I think we might. fetus of adam or the fact that hero's digivice screen went to sleep i think we will acknowledge that he still has it and then do something not directly related to that but that is plot okay oh yeah i suppose we had a black tailmon uh show up yeah but like stop doing that yeah that's that's no longer important <laughs> yeah <laughs> just stop that yep Yep, they're just always around, we get it. Yeah, like, it was compelling maybe the first two times. It was compelling the first time, maybe the first two times. If they wait and do it every six episodes, or even ten episodes, and make it, you know, rare enough that I'm intrigued, 
Especially if he actually gave me something other than just literally a shot of them being in yeah. the scene. Well, and we've, uh, I mean, we've probably on average gotten, like, I don't know, one maybe every six to ten episodes. It hasn't been, like, you know, it's not like it's every episode we see it. That's but, fair, uh, but it's it's fairly it frequent is still... and rarely comes with a meaningful update. Yes, that is the part that gets me is, okay, cool, yeah, we get it, he's back, like, Please give us anything else about this. Yeah. You know, push a button on a thing or send a text or something so that we have something to speculate about. Right now, all is, okay, yep, there's Black Tailmon again, just watching. Yep. Also, Hero's mom sure is still in Brazil or whatever. Something like that. Anyhow. Yeah. I think that's everything I have. Same. This was a good episode. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Mm, chef's gift. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, um, hopefully next week we'll be recording together. Okay, yeah. bye. Bye-bye. And now that we're done with Quinn, Chloe, quick comments, I'm going to be going over my own discussions. So, highlights. So, first of all, it's possible plot, maybe. The main chunk of the episode wasn't plot, but then in the last few minutes we got possible plot snippets. These all could just result in nothing, these could just be never mentioned again, but Black Tailmon does show up, the Digivice Jewel V does light up, so I'm going to say that it probably meant something. If it was just Hero saying, I'll take this Digimon, and then nothing else after it, I would kind of assume that that would be the hand waving away the Mon of the Week, but because we had both the Digivice Jewel V light up and Black Tailmon show up, whether or not the Digivice Jewel V lights up whenever Black Tailmon's nearby, or if those two things are just separate cool things that happened, it doesn't really matter because, in any case, Black Tailmon showing up usually does signify something important to do with the plot. And then, of course, we have Espimon at the end saying that he wonders if he's a, he'll evolve, which we, of course, know that he does have the adult form of Hover Espimon, and as of recording this, we don't know if he has a perfect or a mega form or not, just that he has that adult form. So, just these little snippets at the very end of the episode. Again, if it just finished at Hero getting Moon Millennium on and didn't, didn't uh, do anything else other than that, I would I would just say it was another hand waving away, but with those additional bits, I'm thinking that it'll mean something, especially because it almost feels like we're wrapping up. I can't imagine this series going longer than a few more months. Maybe it'll end in April, maybe even earlier. I can't imagine it going on for that many more episodes. So I'm going to say that we're my, maybe wrapping up in terms of this series. Uh, the episode itself also was a complete story that was fairly decently placed. It had a beginning, a middle, and the end. It didn't uh, have any pacing issues. I didn't find that the ending felt rushed. It just sort of felt like, oh, that's a weak point, which I guess my only minor lowlight is that Millenniumon felt like he was defeated fairly easily and quickly, despite Angoramon saying, hey, this Digimon is kind of a big deal. So it makes me think that... It is meant to be useful later, whether or not as a a big, big bad that he just sort of reawakens and is evil, or if he's just kind of a Chekhov's gun of a Digimon that just kind of shows up. Maybe Gullus Gammon merges with him, who knows? That, I mean, that could be a, an interesting point for future evolutions for Gullus Gammon. 
anything could happen there. Uh, it's kind of hard to, to say and hard to speculate what else will be going on there. Especially because, I guess, with Adventure Colon, which was the Digimon Adventure reboot, we had Millenniumon, and he was kind of a big bad, but didn't really feel that hefty or weighty as a big bad. Just kind of existed. So I guess I'm still a little bit hesitant because of Digimon Adventure Colon. In any case, the overall story was very emotional, especially with the fiancé sitting with his fiancé's corpse and just kind of cuddling on the couch watching TV. It, it kind of hurts, and a lot of the... Ep like, when I finished the episode, I was kind of, like, not sure how to feel. I was kind of sad. I was kind of uncomfortable. And th those moments between the guy and his fiancé's corpse... Uh, they were just kind of upsetting. They made me feel uncomfortable. But as I've said a lot of times over on YouTube and in this podcast, art is meant to make you feel something. Media is meant to make you feel something. And this episode definitely made me feel things. It made me feel sympathetic for this guy who not only had to have his wife die in a uh, horrific workplace accident, then had to basically see his wife more or less die again at the hands of his not-quite-sister-in-law's high school friends. Like, this this guy needs some therapy, and I really felt for him. It was an emotional moment, and it also was uncomfortable, because, yeah, that, that's a corpse, but to him it's more than a corpse. And it's just kind of emotional, and they did a pretty good job of writing a an emotional moment. It wasn't uh, too much, it wasn't too in your face, it was just sort of these subtleties that you kind of, these moments that you have with a loved one. It doesn't necessarily have to be a partner or a spouse or what have you, but any loved one, you have these kind of tender moments, and then you would have these moments with their corpse because you're not willing to admit that this person's no longer there. It's really, really sad. But in terms of that, those are my highlights and I kind of already mentioned my one low light, which I'm not really counting because I feel like Millenniumon might come back in some capacity so they couldn't just completely wipe him out. Especially because it kind of made sense for the girl to help out because otherwise we just have this world ending being that we have to fight. In terms of favourite character, it has to be Millenniumon. I, uh, I think we... A lot of Digimon fans, whenever they see Millenniumon, they are on board the uh, the conspiracy Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia meme, where it's just like pointing out every single possible connection. No, I'm not doing another uh, Wonder Swan uh, story read through. Actually, no, that that is a lie. I do have one planned, but this, it's not because of this. It's not because of this. I will link my older Wonder Swan. Uh, videos that I and podcasts where I've covered the the stories there in the uh, in the link dump but I I won't be going over them uh as in depth because of Millenniumon showing up here because I did that for Adventure Colon and it turned out to mean absolutely nothing in terms of my rating I gave this a 5 out of 5 and it's in first place in my ranking which, looking at our overall rankings, I'm going to put it in first, just because both Quinn and I had it in first place. In terms of last week's episode, episode 60, that sits at 44th place. 
So it kind of just sat in the bottom middle, but or but it's it's I like it's the bottom of the ra- ranking or bottom ish. But then again, it's still a pretty great episode. Last week's episode and a lot of the episodes looking through, I feel like are all or mostly fairly decent. But yeah, this week's episode, it's it's a solid episode. It gets to be in first place, which is great because it means that we have more more recent episodes at the top there. So that's always good. Over on YouTube for the video comments for Postmon Pat, we have first up Chaos Blood Ninja, that's a cool name, who says one thing they thought was funny is how the kids already rode on Submarimon with Hiro and Ruli in the cockpit while Kyoshiro had to sit on the tail, but then was in the cockpit when Jellymon had to drag him out to get into the shrine. And then when Kyo needed a way to get underwater, Submarimon opens up the cockpits and Kyo's just like smiley face. If they do bring back prior perfect level villains like Felesmon without giving them mega revolutions, last week's Jedi episode already ha- set a precedent for them just to fight them in their perfect forms and be like, oh no, the time limit. Which, that's what I'm kind of worried about. We had all these great setups with Felesmon, for example, and then we're not really doing anything because I guess if he comes back now, it's just, oh no, the time limit, which... I'm still kind of annoyed that we didn't fix the time limit with the upgrade because it's now we have Mega. Do we even know if Mega has a time limit? I don't know. Anyway, they go on to say also they like how the Megas are more like their champion forms than their perfect forms. And yeah, totally, totally agree with you. That's definitely a thing. And while Thetismon has the booby waifu lady, which is, those are my words, uh, Tesla Jellymon is more tomboyish and combat focused like Amphimon. So yeah, that is absolutely true. The perfect forms kind of are a little bit more random, which is kind of interesting. But, I mean, I do also like their perfect forms, but yeah, the adult forms do fit with the Megas just a little bit more. Duxio says that Samarimon was really cool and he was just chilling being a dolphin. And yeah, totally agree. I just was happy to see Samarimon. Next we have Daniel Smith who says they really enjoyed the episode. They're glad that Kyoshiro and Jellymon have gotten their mega. Looking a little Ava if you squint. And yeah, absolutely. She was like a Jojo character in her movements though, which they loved. And yeah, I still haven't seen Jojo, but every time there's a Jojo reference, I know enough about just memes in general that I'm like, is that a Jojo? The memory sharing between Thetismon and Kyoshiro felt best of the three, honestly. And yeah, absolutely. I felt like they have more of a connection than the other characters which is great. And good for Hero asking, hey, do you know what's up? But again, no one seems to know anything. It's frustrating and yet not all that surprising. And yeah, I I kind of like, I'm glad that we actually have characters asking, hey, what's up? And then either getting like an, a vague answer of like, oh, the one who sent us here and then the, them just vanishing. I don't know. Next, we have Chris H who says, once again, a monster straight up tries to murder people and they're just like, no, no, that's not okay. Off you go. And yeah, glad they didn't do that with Millennium on or rather Zed Millennium on, which is, as far as I can recall, his strongest form. Like, imagine if they just took Millennium on to the side, just went, like, sat him down in a, in a little chair, like one of those tiny little chairs you see in, like, in, in schools for young kids. And you're kind of like, Millennium on say you're sorry and Millennium On's just like I am the ultimate evil and yeah you just you can't just slap Millennium On on the wrist so I'm really glad that uh it's not glad enough to be a highlight but glad enough to definitely be a light where we just didn't just say hey Millennium On naughty naughty you can't just straight up possess corpses and then uh 
appear in the sky and be threatening. That scares people. Look at this man who is clearly traumatised. He needs a little bit of therapy. Like, I'm glad that we didn't just do that this week. Next, we have Alison, who says, since Kyosho didn't take the bandages off during the Thetismon Evolutions scene, people are memeing about a supposed Amphimon Uruken appearing in the future. That'd be funny. Like, if he takes off his bandages and then just we get, like, uh, an Amphimon, like, blast mode or something. That'd be cool. Next, we have KG James, who says that Amphimon is kind of dorky-looking in a way that they really like. Absolutely agree. It's such, like, a... A silly design, but it's so, at the same time, perfect. So, anyway, so they say they always had a soft spot for the weirder Digimon designs, and it works really well with Jellymon's personality. Totally agree. And they also say that they agree that it's cool they went in a different direction for Hermega, because they really thought that they'd end up with some Rosemon tentacle porn mode or something. And yeah, that was my concern, that we would just go, like, a, a boob... Like, we have the boob lady already, and then we have a slightly boobier lady... I'm glad that we didn't get that. And I feel like we got both. I'm really, really happy about that. Uh, next, we have Angel Squeaks, who says that the episode to them felt like it should have been part of a less episodic series because of how Kyosho was talking when he was underwater. Like, I d they do think they got the build-up for I Can't Limit Break here. Even if he only seemed, like, slightly upset by his last evolution episode, but the only thing we know about his opinions of people is that largely he doesn't have any friends and prefers anime. But that didn't automatically translate to the realisation of maybe I do like people after all. Like, they didn't realise that was an issue. They thought it was just an introvert. Still, they liked the flashback of all of Jellymon's different ventures. And yeah, I, I do know what you're saying here, because... I felt the same with the Angoramon one, like, of really saying that maybe she doesn't want to die or she wants, she has so much more reasons to live. I feel like some of these are a little bit kind of, like, that there, there was meant to be a little bit more backstory, a little bit more growth before it, but I don't mind it too much. Like, maybe it's more subtle things rather than in-your-face obvious moments that they're hitting you over the head with. Next, we have Narumi, who says they like this episode because they weren't expecting Submarimon's appearance, and the moment with Kyoshu and Thetismon is more emotional than Hero and Ruli's moment. Absolutely agree. Gathalamon doesn't have high stacks like Kazuhamon and Angel Sphinxmon, but, and is really childish, so its motivation isn't a big deal and isn't evil, just chaotic. I feel like sometimes chaotic can be more dangerous than just an evil monster. Like, I, I feel like I'm kind of, like, she just was having fun killing people. That That's almost scarier than just is killing people to unlock a gate for a demon lord to come through. I I think both are fairly, fairly spooky. But again, why do we just slap this Digimon on the wrist, but not slap Millenniumon on the wrist? Next, we have Eximet, who says they see Ghost Game possibly going for ne at least nearly 100 episodes. The story is still dragging on, and so many plots are not yet revealed. Heroes, Dad, Girls, Gammon, the Dark Digimon, Mystery of the Digital World, and the One. I feel like all of those can be wrapped up just by, Hero by, by Heroes, Dad. I'm fairly certain that the show is leading up to and implying that Heroes, Dad, and the One are the same on the basis that earlier on in the series we had Digimon come up and say that they met Hero's dad, who basically enticed them to come to the human world, and then we have a, a presumably other being who is sending Digimon to the human world. I'm fairly certain that all those plot points can be wrapped up by just Hero's dad. Like Gullus Gamamon, the Dark Digimon, Mystery of the Digital World, I feel like it can all just be explained by Hero's dad. And that's 
why I think they can probably wrap it up in 10 episodes or so, because they can just say it was Hero's dad, and that would explain everything, basically all those plot points that you mentioned. They would obviously still have to do some explaining, other than just, like, can't just say, yep, hand wave, Hero's dad. Like, obviously more depth to that, but I'm fairly certain that Hero's dad and, you know, quote-unquote, the one are the same. They also said that they're starting to like Ghost Games' episodic story. It's refreshing to have Digimon of the week and not follow some multi-arc plot adventure like in... They say Digimon 01. I'm assuming that they mean the first series of Digimon because I think there might have been a Digimon Adventure CD drama that was set in 2001, but I'm not 100%. But Digimon, the first series, was set in 1999, so I'm assuming that they mean that because that was a multi-arc plot adventure. And yeah, I'm actually enjoying the episodic sort of, like, there's a story, but you only get it at the very end. Like we had with Atmon, like, to a lesser extent, Cross Wars Young Hunters, because it was a shorter series, but definitely with Atmon, how we kind of found out about what the plot was in the first few episodes, like, ooh, Leviathan is bad, AI, possibly scary, and that's still the plot points at the end of the show. In Ghost Game, it's sort of similar. Hero's dad has some mystery to him. Uh, he knows of Digimon. He's also lost in the digital world. Maybe on purpose, who knows. I kind of like that as well. Next, we have Lazy Crocono says that episode 60 was okay-ish. Their highlight was the random English from Amphimon and the horrifying concept and visuals. But, uh, yeah. Though, Samarimon appearing was, was cool as someone who's, who grew up with the franchise. And yeah, absolutely. I, like... I started watching with the first series of Adventure, and I had the Virtual Pets even earlier than that, and I had Digimon World as well, just before I watched the anime. But the show that I'm most nostalgic for is probably Digimon Adventure 02, on the basis that I only caught up to Digimon Adventure the first series in the Dark Masters arc, and then I had to watch the rest with reruns. With Digimon Adventure 02, I watched it from the first airing in Australia to the last episode as it initially aired, so I'm much more nostalgic for that. I also got the, Digiv the D3 Digivice for Christmas one year, and that was pretty cool. So yeah, I'm super nostalgic for Submarimon as well. And in terms of horrifying concepts, yeah, last week, but also this week as well, especially. But this week, while it was horrifying in that, yes, it was a corpse, it was a zombie, that is scary. Uh, it was also horrifying in an emotional way as well. Next, we have Epgo who says, Why bad Digimon, like Girls Gammon and, Cathil and Cathilamon, speak similarly, or at least both of them say yo, and does it have to do with anything? Um, it's kind of just like the Japanese language of, like, if you don't speak formally or at least slightly politely, especially when you first meet someone, it's considered uh, rude and or childish. So that's like kind of like just a Japanese thing. Like when you first meet someone you, in, in Japanese, you kind of have to ask and answer a bunch of questions like how old are you because your age dictates like if you're speaking to someone who's older than you you have to automatically speak to them more politely if you're talking to someone younger you speak to them w with like a, a little bit less level of politeness uh, if you're in the workplace if someone has a higher position than you you have to speak in different forms of Japanese there is surprisingly large amount of different ways you can talk to someone and all of them are very confusing. They're just at those different levels of politeness. And yeah, Kegor is, is not fun to learn, but 
the JLPT kind of draws it into you. So that's more of a Japanese thing of just them being kind of rude, like not not like polite when they first meet you. It's also like kind of a childish thing because when they're a kid, they may not fully grasp the levels of politeness because, oh my gosh, there are so many levels of politeness. And if you're speaking to just a peer, you'll just say random words, basically. Uh, it's... It's 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 a it's a very complex language when it drills down to all the different levels of politeness. So that is more or less why they're saying yo to each other. And yeah, it is bad, you know, quote unquote bad Digimon because it's showing that they are. I guess in Gulas Gammon's case, uh, it is one hundred percent being impolite, not necessarily being childish. In Cathylamon's case, it's being childish. You could also say that Jellymon also speaks with the same sort of rudeness or curtness, I guess. Amphimon as well speak, but that's more because not not necessarily because she's bad. She is also a little bit rude, but it's also because she's childish. So we have these three characters. One is like quote unquote evil. Uh, the others speaking rude because she's childish, and another one is rude and childish. So that's that's just the that that's just Japanese. So it it's not really as common in the English language. Like you still have levels of politeness, but when you meet someone, uh, I guess in your workplace, you might not greet them with "yo." Uh, that that's probably the closest we get. You might say, um, "Hello, my name is so and so." You might talk with some. Formality. You wouldn't just say "yo" if you're talking, meeting someone for the first time in the workplace. Uh, if the, especially if they are ranked above you in the workplace or in any position, but that's sort of as close as English comes to it. Next, we have Elijah who says, "Gula said a matter of time. He means a dark Digimon in game, and that's what it's hinting at. Yeah, most likely." Then we have Danny, who who asks us if we know that Amphimon is based off Poseidon's wife, Amphorite, and the Digimon that is based on Poseidon is Neptunemon. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't know that, but that, that is pretty cool. I'm always glad to learn about why characters are named certain ways. We also have Allison, who points out there is a Poseidon, but it's an Atmon, but it counts anyway, which I appreciate. Always love to talk about Atmon. And... Next, we have Andrew, who says that forget waifu, the mecha sub magical girl is better, and totally agree. I'm I love Amphimon so much. Very happy that it's not just another quote unquote waifu mon. So that's it for Postmon Pat. In terms of my thoughts about the series so far, I'm going to say maybe like uh maybe ten, twelve weeks away from finishing. At most, I can't. I I know we had the the comments saying it could be at one hundred. I'm not seeing that, especially because, as far as I recall, the listings for upcoming shows for the next season of anime have been revealed, and I think it's the the spring season. So, uh, Japanese spring being in our autumn, so that's like March, April, and May. So, I I would fairly certain that we would have Ghost Game ending by then. So I can't imagine it continuing on much longer, especially because I believe that all the plot points are just Hero's dad and they can all be kind of pulled back to Hero's dad. So those are my thoughts about the series so far. 
for predictions. Next week's episode is called The Strange Floor. Uh, it looks creepy. I'm not really sure what the mod of the week could be. I can't remember if it's said or not in the episode guide listing for the synopsis. But uh, it looks creepy, but it definitely doesn't look as creepy as this week. I don't think Ghost Game can actually top uh, this week's episode in creepy. And also in emotional as well. This episode was extremely emotional, as I mentioned. Again, like with the Ajar Taramon episode, I kind of finished this episode and was kind of like, do I give it a three? I'm not actually sure how I feel about it. I'm sad. I'm uncomfortable. But that's why I gave it a five, because it made me have emotions. And it's also a lot more emotional than I expected from a kid's show. But I'm saying that a lot about Ghost Game, as it turns out. Alright, that's it for another week, so check out the link dump, which is linked in the description, for my older Wonderswan videos. Yes, I do plan on talking about Rio and Wonderswan games again, but I haven't don't ha I don't think I have it in the schedule for the next month or two. At the very least, I keep on pushing it back because there's so many other things that I want to talk about and more exciting stuff that's getting released. So it might not be for a bit. So if you want to hear more about the Wonderswan games and Rio, we have one podcast episode that was recorded. I think it was 2016. Um, after I originally covered Adventure in the original run of the podcast alongside Jay. And then, of course, we have the second time we covered it on the podcast, which was during the airing of Adventure Colon, because we wanted to go through Millenniumon just in case Millenniumon was relevant to the Wonderswan games. Uh, it didn't end up being much at all. Millenniumon was kind of there and was vaguely threatening and then died. Uh, that was it. So you can listen into those episodes and check them out. They're, of course, on YouTube, but also on podcast listening platforms as well. So go check them out. And you can contact us and stay updated. You can leave us a comment on this episode on YouTube to join the conversation. And for a full list of ways to find the podcast across the internet, such as YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, and Twitter, head over to my link tree, which is linktr.e slash lost in translation one. If you enjoy the podcast or videos or even my silly little posts online, you can show your support by signing up on Patreon and get some cool rewards and help us hit milestones. And thank you to our current supporters on Patreon, Stephen Reeves, who is Wild and Four on Archive Our Own, Karawashi, Chisai, who can follow Chisai on Twitter, sorry, you can follow on Twitter at Chisai236, Neobu, who says you should follow Chisai on Twitter at Chisai236, Lismet, who is like one on Tumblr, Nicholas Emery from Gone Will Hunting, a Hunt Hunt Reward podcast, Magnus, Lucas, Jason105, Patrick, Jason, Shelby, Digital Hazard, who is on Twitch at the Digital Hazard, Lemus Tropimon, and Vmon Tamer. You can also make a donation on PayPal, which can be found linked in the description. It's paypal.me slash ergemon. You can also donate to me on my coffee account, ko-fi.com slash erdra. And that is it for another week. So thanks, y'all, for listening. Thanks to Chloe and Quinn for being super duper flexible because I thought I would be back in time. I went out to make sure the dog was is in uh, in show coat condition for her upcoming shows, and usually that doesn't take as long. But I got distracted chatting, and uh, yeah, I looked at the time when I was leaving, and I was like, I'm not going to be back in time for recording. So thanks to Quinn and Chloe for always being super duper flexible 
when I have to dip out or be a little bit late because I didn't want them to uh, stay up too late. So, of course, thanks to them and thanks to you for listening. And, of course, I will see you on the next one. Bye!